in my mind, there's two types of people that listen to this show. So there's people like me who, yep, I have my NRL side and I'm very passionate about them. I love it. But there's just something that I've always found very intriguing about the rest of the world and what else is out there. I wanted to know what was going on in Russia and places like that. And I know there's a few more of you just like me out there because you reach out to me all the time on social media and I love it. Good to know I'm not alone. But there's also another type of people and they're the ones that I made this show for. Uh, myself, Charlie and Jake, when we first started last November, we said, look, there's a lot of NRL fans, a lot of Super League fans out there too, in hindsight actually. And we they don't really know that this sort of stuff exists. So we created this show to let them know that, hey, they play rugby league in places like Serbia and they play rugby league in places like Vanuatu and there's a competition in the Philippines and England could beat the Kangaroos one day and maybe we should expand the NRL or maybe we should expand the Super League and all these sorts of things. Um, so, you know, and look, we're not competing with the NRL podcast or anything like that. In fact, I think it's pretty cool that you can listen to Matty Johns and Phil Gould and Jamie Soward and Warren Smith talk about was Caelan Ponger's tackle uh, a shoulder charge? You know, is Josh Maguire a grub? They can talk about that as much as they like and we'll listen to all of those shows. But in between, it's kind of nice to hear something else about, you know, what might be happening in the USA, for example. So that's kind of why we started this show. And I'm glad we're, we're reaching more ears every week and you, you guys are out there telling your friends about this show and we're hashtag growing the game together. And it's great. But I must say, when I started, or when we started this show, probably about nine or ten months ago now, never in my wildest imagination did I think that we'd be talking about the nation that we were talking about tonight. So normally on the show, Chasing Kangaroos, if you're a regular listener, you know that we talk about three topics from around the world of rugby league. Well, tonight all topics are about one nation, and that's Brazil. I'm Michael Carboni, and this is episode 34 of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast. You're listening to Chasing Kangaroos, the rugby league podcast for fans who are passionate about seeing the game played in more places. This episode of the Chasing Kangaroos podcast is brought to you by the Memorial Bears, and I have the founder, Josh Day, with me here today. To explain a little bit about the Bears and uh, what they're all about, uh, are there any recognised players or personalities involved with with the Bears? Yeah, so mate, when we uh, when we started the Bears up, and I'm honest to say that, so Mitch was always a massive fan of the North City Bears, mate. Even when they were playing in the Premier League, he used to always go down and cheer him on. So when we come up with that concept, it was always had to be the Red and Black, and always had to be the Mighty Bears. So, um, mate, yeah, when we got that team together. The first goal was to try and get a really good bunch of blokes who wanted to help convey that message, you know, through if I had to ask them to come to schools with me to go to workplaces and all that type of stuff, they'd actually buy into it. So first and foremost, that was what they um, they had to buy into. But secondly, we wanted a good quality uh, team that would actually, you know, no matter where we played, would actually perform, you know, something we'd be really proud of, that jersey. So the first person I asked was a guy called Liam Foran. So Liam's a, a mate of mine, you know, Kieran's brother. You know, he's played oh, cool. in NRL, played for Manly. Uh, play for Melbourne, you know, and still a really good high quality player up this way. So he's the first person I asked him. He was actually, he actually was going to ask me before I even jumped in, jumped in and asked him. So, you know, he's been fantastic for us. Um, another guy I've got is a guy called Mark Defua. So Mark played um, nearly 100 NRL games for Cronulla and for Newcastle Knights. So once again, having him involved, which was fantastic. For him, though, and his brother, you know, it meant that a little bit more the fact that their mum actually passed away from bowel cancer. Oh, wow. Um, so for them, they, you know, it did mean that a little bit special. And when we first started the team, the team was actually called the MD Memorial Bears. Uh, but look, we had a chat as a family. And, you know, for us, it's not about for Mitch's um, Mitch's legacy, but for the legacy of all those people that actually passed away from bowel cancer. So we actually just changed it now to the Memorial Bears. Um, you know, and anyone who's ever, you know, had to fight against um, bowel cancer or your friends or family have, or you know someone that has, you know, this team is for you. You know, it's somewhat something you guys can get behind as well, mate. You are doing an incredible job, and um, I'm sure there are many. Fa- everyone's been touched by 
cancer in some way and, and bowel, bowel cancer in particular for many families and people as well. So congratulations on all that you're doing. Josh, how can our listeners help or get involved um, to help out? Yeah, thanks, mate. No, I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, if anyone gets it, wants to get in touch with us, um, all you need to do is check us, check us out on Instagram at Memorial Bears um, or Memorial Bears on Facebook. Um, mate, it's not just about creating awareness, but it's all about talking to people as well. And a lot of people have been through what our family has as well. And we've had a few messages and inboxes from different people who actually you know, have a family member going through it at the moment or have been through it. So talking is key. So feel free, anyone's out there, Inbox me, talk, mate, more than happy to. Welcome to Chasing Kangaroos, guys, wherever you're listening. If you're walking the dog, walking to work, on the train, on the bus, in the car, on the treadmill, whatever you're doing, glad I'm in your ears and thanks for thanks for joining in. We're going to be talking Brazil tonight and uh, I've got Zach Grundy, very special guest. He's the CFO of Brazilian, the Brazilian Confederation of Rugby League. He's going to teach us a little bit about what's going on over there and I'm really excited because... There's a lot I don't know. I want to dig deep. I want to ask lots of questions. And uh, yeah, let's let's learn together. Let's hashtag grow the game together. Guys, I'm going to start with golden points. So, so normally we have that at the end. I'm going to do it now at the start just to change things up. Shout out to Big T, Biggest Tiger uh, from Sporting Best Friends Podcast. Give them a listen if you can. This was his suggestion a long time ago. Why don't you do golden points first? Uh, I hate the idea. They should be at the end. They're called golden points. But this week, Big T, love you, bro. I'm going to do it at the start. So guys, Golden Point, starting off in Fiji. So the Ravaravo Rabbitohs are the Fijian national champions. They defeated the Army Bears 22-14 to in the grand final. And the future's pretty bright for the Rabbitohs club. Their under-12s, under-14s and under-16s all made the grand finals in their respective grades. Uh, guys, Golden Point over to Ireland. So the All-Ireland Championship has been decided also this this weekend. The Longhorns, they won their third grand final in a row. They beat the Dub- Dublin Exiles 38-16. to Congratulations to all involved. Golden Point over to the USA. And we have champions of the North and the South. They've been crowned, and it's all gone according to the script for a 2018 National Championship rematch. That's right, Brooklyn Kings, they defeated the Boston 13s 54-0 to up in the North. And down south, the Jacksonville Axemen, 28 over the Tampa Mayhem to 6. So it's going to be Brooklyn and Jacksonville again this year. Last year, Jacksonville uh, took took the win. They took the trophy. This year, Brooklyn will be hosting. And while the season has been predictable to date, I can safely say I have absolutely no clue who's going to win this one. I'm really excited. Uh, The only thing that is certain is that only one of these teams will finish with an undefeated season. I'm tipping the Kings but that's more of a heart tip than a head tip. So yeah, let's see how they go. Go the Kings. Golden point over to Wales, and there's been more grand finals. So the Ronda Outlaws, they are the champions of Wales. They defeated the uh, Bridge End Bulls 34-22 in that grand final. Staying in the UK, Golden Point in the North East Men's Division. So the Scottish champions, the Edinburgh Eagles, they're through to the grand final as well. After a semi-final 44-34 win uh, over the Westview Warriors. Now the Eagles are going to face the Jarrow Vikings in a grand final. Uh, Jarrow will go in as favourites after defeating the Eagles just a few weeks ago for their spot in the GF. Guys, golden point over to Toronto. And I posted about this on our socials earlier in the week. A big congratulations to Ashton Sims, who announced his retirement from Rugby League. Um, I know he's not going to go down as an immortal. And I said this on our post, but I truly believe his legacy will live on. And it's been a career that has planted some international rugby league seeds, that's for sure. Not only has the guy started in the NRL and in the Super League for clubs like St. George, Brisbane, um, Warrington, he's also represented the Fiji Bardi very proudly, and he's been integral in the Toronto Wolfpack's success. So there's just one thing left for Ashton to do now, and that's ensure that the Wolfpack make it to Super League, and they are well on their way after a 56-6 shellacking of the York City Knights at home last week. And that one, I don't know about you, but I was expecting that game to be a lot closer. York have been pretty strong towards the back end of this season. Came up from League One last year, but doing amazing things. And I've no doubt they have Super League ambitions and will be there one day. But it's the Wolfpack season, guys. And at home, they're just unbeatable. So they're going to be very happy to have the home ground advantage coming into the finals, that's for sure. Guys, golden point over to Vanuatu. So happy first birthday to the Women's Rugby League in Vanuatu. So they began with a one-off test last year. And they're now into their second domestic season. I've got to say hats off to everyone at the Vanuatu Rugby League for all that they manage with the limited resources that they have. There's plenty of good things to come in that part of the world. Watch this space. 
Golden Point back in England. So plans for next year's reserve grade are in full swing and there's 15 teams that have been announced. So it's going to be the 11 English Super League teams plus the Bradford Bulls, the Witness Vikings, Halifax and Newcastle Thunder. Uh, I think it's pretty cool. And um, I think maybe in a few decades' time, once France have their own professional league that rivals the Super League and North America has their own professional league that rivals the Super League in the NRL, then uh, this could be what the English Super League looks like, these 15 clubs. Guys, golden point. Speaking of Super League, Balkan Super League. So there's four teams left in the Division 1 as we prepare for semi-finals. Game 1 is going to be the defending champs. It's going to be Red Star Belgrade uh, taking on the Turkish champions of Katakoy Bulls. Game 2, it's going to be the Athens-based Aris Eagles, uh, coached by Stu McLennan. Shout out, Stu. They'll be taking on the Belgrade-based side, Partizan. So will it be an all-Serbian affair, or will we see a non-Serbian team in the final for the first time in the competition's three-year history? My tips, Red Star and Aris. They'll face off in the grand final, so that's my tips. Again, might be head over heart, but yeah, or heart over head, whatever. Guys, golden point, and over to the Czech Republic. The bad news is that the scheduled match that the Czech Republic had against the Netherlands on August 24 has been cancelled. The good news is Serbia under-23s will take their place, uh, and we found out recently that the Poland under-20s will also play the Czech under-18s as a curtain raiser. So yeah, good and bad news. Well, guys, that's it for Golden Points today. Hope you enjoyed it. Just a reminder, if you're from an emerging nation or club anywhere in the world and you want to share some news, please reach out. Uh, always happy to speak on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Let me know. And speaking of the socials, I do post stuff like this on the social media pages as well. Uh, I don't sh post everything that I share here, and I don't share everything that I post uh, on this podcast either because there's just way too much stuff going on. So to get the full picture, make sure you're following along as well as listening. And yeah, watch this space. The Chasing Kangaroos is brought to you, as always, by mascordbrowns.com, mascordbrowns.com.au. Phil and Steve are doing amazing things to hashtag grow the game, and they've got some cool stuff that you can't get anywhere else, and I know they're always trying to get more. Brazil is uh, a jersey that they are trying to get on their counter. Or do you call it a counter? It's an online store, whatever. You know what I mean. They're trying to get it online. Uh, hopefully they get that soon, but in the meantime, there's plenty of good stuff there. A lot of the jerseys that you can buy and a lot of the merch that you buy on there, a little bit of the profit goes back to the nations and the clubs that are involved. And also you can get 10% off as well, as you probably know if you listen to us every week. So using Kangaroo Court, 10% discount code at checkout. It's Kangaroo, C-A-U-G-H-T. Use it at mascordbrowns.com or mascordbrowns.com.au for the rest of the year, 10% off just for you guys. Zach Grunty, welcome to Chasing Kangaroos. Thanks, Michael. Good to be here. <laughs> Mate, uh, not, look, I know you're the CFO of the Brazilian Confederation of Rugby League, but I don't know if many of our listeners will know exactly who you are. So quickly tell us your Marvel comic book origin story when it comes to rugby league in Brazil. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I've been in Brazil for around 10 years now. I, um, I'm from Australia. Okay. Um, I started playing rugby league when I was six years old. I have had a lot of inspiration for obviously from my... My grandfather, he, he played fullback for Australia in 1970. No way. And, uh, yeah, and for Queensland from 63 to 71. So um, that, that was pretty big for me as an inspiration. My, my father as well, my dad, he, um, I, I grew up watching him play. So it was kind of hard to, to hold me back from getting into it. I, I started playing at six and I played until about, you know, the age of 17. And I, um, I moved to Brazil and... I've, I came into contact with Rugby League over here about two, three years ago uh, through Hugo. Uh, thank God I met Hugo because I, I miss the <laughs> sport so much. You have no idea. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. <clears throat> but yeah, um, I've been playing over here for a, a little bit now. And um, yeah, it's, it's been going great. It's been good to see how the, the sport's grown over time. I've got like three questions before we even get into our topics based on your little Marvel origin story. So firstly, um, <laughs> why, why Brazil? What are you doing over there? Well, I was very lucky to meet uh, my, the woman who's now my wife. Uh, I, I met love, her in Australia. Love. 
Yes, but you love. love. Yeah. So, <laughs> so she came to Australia. She got you hooked, and she took you all the way back to Brazil. Is that pretty much what happened? That that is the basic story. Yeah. She, <laughs> she, no. she went to Australia. We we met over there, and um, after about six months, I ended up coming back to to Brazil with her. And yeah, I've been here for the last ten years. Beautiful man. Well, that's awesome. And the other the other question was, I know who Hugo is. I know who you're referring to. We might talk a little bit more about Hugo, maybe in topic number one when we talk about domestic rugby league. But my final sort of general juice flowing question for you is, uh, you mentioned you're here. You've been you're Australian. You're a Queenslander. Um, do you have who do you support? Like, uh, do you have any NRL teams or Super League teams or anything like that? Yeah, um, I, I follow the NRL. I have the you know the app. And like I don't get to watch the whole game, which is a bit unfortunate. But um, I do see the, you know, the the highlights, and I do follow the latter quite closely. I'm 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 a Brisbane Broncos fan. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> who who do you go for? I'm a Dragons fan, mate. So you know we're not doing well. You guys, where are you guys sitting at the moment? You're just in the eight at the moment, hey? Yeah, so... we're in eighth. We're, we're we're struggling, but I think we're. I'm hoping we can maintain. <laughs> You are you are struggling by Brisbane Broncos standards, but as a Dragons fan, I wouldn't mind being sitting even in that eighth position. Let me tell you, we've had a we've had a really rough season. But mate, let's not talk Dragons or Broncos because yeah, we're yeah, <laughs> not doing great. But let's let's get into our topic. So today, tonight, I want to talk about domestic rugby league in Brazil. I want to talk about the Women's World Cup, and I want to talk about the future. I'm sure we'll go off topic and bounce around a little bit, but we'll try and stick to those three and see how we go. So, mate, uh, let's do it. Uh, topic number one. Now you mentioned you mentioned Hugo, and I want to take a deep dive into the domestic scene over there in Brazil. And from my understanding, it really only began five years ago with Hugo. Um, can you tell me how it kind of all started and what you know, and who well, Hugo um, is as well, just for our listeners? <laughs> yeah, no worries. Like I said, I, I came into contact with rugby league in Brazil about three years ago, two three years ago. But um, they had a big start in 2013. They had a a program on Sky over here. It was uh, Sports Plus, and we got NRL over here, you know, during a during a long period, and we actually had a, a big base of people watching the the program, you know, watching the NRL, and which is surprising because it was shown over here very early in the morning. So for people to have that, you know, that that want to to wake up and and watch something so early in the morning, you know, we we were the sixth country. That most watched the finals in 2013 of the NRL. Oh, wow. so, um, Do you know what yeah, sort of figures we're, we're talking about, or not really? I don't know the exact figures. I I know that we were sixth. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, that's even that's crazy. Like, I wonder what, what, why that is. Like, what intrigued people or the Brazilian people so much? Yeah, it it, it is a bit strange because when you talk to people over here about uh, rugby league. They they kind of connect it to American football, and they all of a sudden get all scared and, and all that sort of stuff, you know, about yeah. the whole contact sport idea. But as soon as you you show them the the sport, they they fall in love quite quickly. Actually, it's 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 very very nice to see. That's amazing, man. It's amazing. And so five years ago, so it's on, NRLs on TV in Brazil, and uh, obviously Not, Hugo's. Or, well, yeah, sorry. that's sorry. Not sorry to cut you off. Um, no, no. That, that's actually that's actually the whole idea because they they had it that channel in 2013 and they started practicing rugby league in two states over here, Espírito Santo and Minas Gerais. But um, as soon as they the program stopped showing the NRL because they don't have it over here anymore, I haven't been oh, able no. to watch it for a long time, and um, they kind of lost interest for a little bit. But um, that came back in about 2015. They started playing again, more more involvement from Latin Heat in in Australia, and and Hugo with this this movement, this great job he's been doing over here. And how did Hugo get involved, and and what's his involvement been? Well, I, I think he just um, I think he like other Brazilians, him and his brother um, Gilberto, they they fell in love with the sport and they wanted to make it happen over here. I think they saw something something big you know they they yeah. certainly have, have a very big vision of the sport over here a, a great love for it and you know like um they've done such a great job you know I've, I've seen some of their work quite closely and they just really have this desire to make it happen over here and it's it's a great to see you know because it's a sport that i love very much yeah fantastic and it just goes to show how important the nrl is in all of this like just the fact that it was there on tv or available to watch in brazil 
that's all the NRL needs to do. They need to somehow get on TV in places all over the world. And it's a shame that it's not there anymore, but I assume that people like yourself have the NRL app and things like that. But yeah, they, they should be, they should be giving this stuff away to, to people in Brazil and places like that. Um, so, so what's going on over there domestically? So, what are what are Hugo and his brother doing? Um, you know, what? How many clubs? What sort of? What, how many players are involved? What's the competition look like? Let's dig into that and and figure out what's going on. Well, the, the growth has actually been, you know, really really big um, ever since the sport kind of restarted in 2015. So the the domestic comp is actually quite big, seeing as you know it's only been a couple of years until now, you know, and they um, at the moment we're looking at games being played in five different states and two regions all over Brazil. Uh, we have 13 clubs and around 520 registered athletes. Wow. Um, yeah, the this year the men's championship will have six teams competing, yep. and the women's will have four teams. And it just it just seems to grow with every every month, every year that goes past. You know, the, there's more and more people being involved. We we have. Um, a pretty big movement on social media and it's it's actually quite interesting to see how the players they all have their own selected NRL team and they they kind of compete with each other you know they they talk about who's winning it's it's good to see the love for the sport you know they they're really getting into it that's um, fantastic yeah the and I've speaking as a, a player as well because I you know I couldn't stay out of it <laughs> yeah of course I, um it's it's actually becoming quite competitive, you know. Like to for me as a player to play in the men's competition over here, with um you know teams from different states and to to get involved, it's it's amazing to see how much skill they've developed in such a short a short time. You know, it's it's actually becoming quite competitive. Dude, I've got so many questions. I don't even know where to start, but I'm going to try. I'm Go going to try it. and get there. So, <laughs> look, there's you mentioned thirteen clubs, so six men's. Uh, teams and four women's teams. Does that mean there's some junior side junior clubs in there as well? I didn't mention that. I was actually hoping you'd ask. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, <laughs> we we do have some some junior teams involved, which is fantastic. You know, because you, it, it's incredible. Because even in Australia, you know, like you'd see all the young kids. They have that kind of dream to play for the NRL, and yeah. that you know they're all excited about it and it's it's starting in brazil it's fantastic to see because the people who are involved like even hugo he has um he has a couple of daughters and you know they love going to the games they love watching they they get involved even at a young age and i think that's happening you know in a in a wide kind of form you know like the the teenagers are watching they want to get involved they want to play and it's yeah it's it's happening all very very quickly so is it just word of mouth? Like how are people and how are the kids and the teenagers finding out about it? Just it's there's there's action going on at the local park and they they're just intrigued because people are picking up the ball and throwing it around instead of kicking it around. Like what's what's how can you how do you explain all that? Well, yeah, that, that's that's a part of it. I, I've actually lived that. We we were having a training session and the closest place for me to play rugby league is four hours from my home town here in Brazil okay. um, yeah. called San Lorenzo. That's where Hugo's from. And okay. yeah, it was actually quite interesting. You know, we were having a training session and it's uh, at a central place in the, the town called the, it's like called the water park. They call it over okay. there. It's a, yeah. a very big park over there. And people just walking by, they come over, they ask what, what we're doing, what the sport is. Some, some people even already know what it is. But uh, from that initial contact in 2013, you know, they had the NRL over here on, on the TV. Um, there were a lot of people that watched it. And so I think with the contact we have on social media and um, on the internet, we, we have a website that, that shows a, a lot of what we're doing, the work that we're doing over here. So Great. I think there's a bit of social media involved, word of mouth. It's, it's a very um, widespread kind of thing. But it is still moving, I think, more slowly than, uh, than I wish, you know, like a, I kind of hope that we could get something on the TV, something to get people more involved, you know, get more vision to the sport. Yeah, so, well, I guess it's hard when funds are so little to begin with, but it's good that you've got a good social media presence because that's where it all begins. You mentioned having to travel like four hours to play for San Lorenzo. So, like, is that – how far apart are the clubs and, like, how, how often are you guys getting together to play games? Well, yeah, um, I'd say we get together around um, three or four times a year to, to play. You know, that's how the competition's working at the moment. 
I'm, yeah. I'm speaking mainly from the men's point of view. I, I don't yep. know if the women's differs very much because they're usually together. But yep. um, like we're, we're in different states mainly. There's um, the, we usually play all together. So like uh, I'm in Minas Gerais, so that's basically one team. There's a, another in Sao Paulo, another in Rio, another in Paraná. You know, so there's and there's a lot of mixed teams in that. So we kind of have to travel to other states to be able to to hold the competition. Like yep. one year we'll hold a part of the competition in San Lorenzo. We had a nine aside competition this year in Rio, which is fantastic, you know, a lot of fun to, to be a part of. And um, obviously we had that that uh, South American Cup, you know, championship in, in Sao Paulo. Yep. So, um, and people are actually very keen to travel, you know, they don't put, um, they don't put it as a very difficult thing to do. They're, they're all very keen to be involved and to play, you know, so it's, it's good to see. It's interesting you mentioned that because like travel can be an issue for some other uh, other developing nations. So it's always very hard for like you look at um, places in Europe or even like clubs in the US that have sort of had to fold because the travel's a bit much for them. But to see that you guys seem to be doing that and it seems like it's pretty well planned. So you know that, okay, hey, we're going to have a nines tournament um, here in Rio in three months time so you got time to prepare for that and everyone gets involved and it's a lot of fun it seems to be really well organized which i think is fantastic and uh, just seeing the sort of social stuff that's coming out on social media like i can see that it, it's all just very well thought through and considered so that's incredible out of the clubs you mentioned so like has is there like a strong club is there like a melbourne storm that like just does well and everyone is trying to beat or is it sort of just depends on who shows up when? Well, uh, yeah, in the beginning, I think the, the strongest club for me was uh, a club from Sao Paulo. They, yeah. um, they had a very strong presence um, for us in San Lorenzo to, to play against them. That was, that was a tough match, you know, but I think it's um, slowly becoming more balanced, the, the competition. Yeah. Um, because, you know, as I said, it's, it's a sport that's growing so quickly. You know, people are training more and more and more. People are, are learning more about the sport. And um, especially with the presence, my, my dad came over to Brazil um, to do some training courses over here and oh, to, cool. to train, train some of the people. And that had a big impact, I think. And, and uh, I've also been trying to get involved as much as I, I can, you know, like inside my own possibilities because it's, not always easy to to get to San Lorenzo, you know, four hours drive and all that. Yeah. But um, I it's it's been good to see how quickly the sport's growing. And just um, you were talking about the whole travel thing. It, it is actually a difficult thing for for people to travel. You know, like not everyone has a lot of money, you know, to be able yeah. to make these trips to different states. But like it, even though it's a difficult thing to do, people still seem to find a way. You know, there have been moments where we've had to say, oh look, we're, we're not going to be able to make it this time that sort of trip but let's let's plan for the the next one you know let's make it happen at a later date you know people are they're keen to make things happen over here in in the sport which is fantastic i guess it comes from the top so if you've got guys like hugo who's so passionate then it naturally filters down do you see a time yeah. or in the near future where um you there might be some more like more of a consistent competition like maybe like a couple of month period or where clubs are a little bit more condensed and maybe have conferences and things like that. Are there any plans for stuff like that going on or do you see that happening anytime in the near future? Uh, exact plans, I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I, I know it is happening. Like, for example, this year yeah. we're, we're starting our, our games and our competitions in September. It's going to be September, October, November, um, you know, a couple of games each month. And um, that's, that's going to be our competition throughout this year. But, oh, fantastic. Um, you know, yeah, yeah, we we are starting to get to the stage where we're we're setting, you know, trying to set fixed dates. You know, we'll we'll play a couple of games during these three months, and that's yeah. how we'll decide our representative teams, and that's how we'll decide who wins the competition, kind of thing. So it's um, it, it's going well. You know, the the more we we get involved, the more we gain experience. It's uh, it's getting easier to plan and to organize. So. It seems like it's all going in the right direction, and that's really cool. So, you're, let me get this straight. So, you're a player, you're a, you're the CFO, as well. Yeah. What other roles do you have? I'm assuming there's a few hats. Do you coach? I, do um, you? I, I did the the coaching course when my dad came over uh, with oh, him. Cool. I, I hadn't. Yeah. yeah I, I had. 
I do have a fair bit of experience, but like nothing really to, to get me into a coaching role. You know, it, it does help, yeah. obviously, but it was yeah. good to have him over here to, to get us involved in the whole coaching scene because, you know, something that we're looking at over here is to, you know, get the get the sport to to help the sport become something that's seen more, you know, not just through social media, but word of mouth, which seems to work quite well. And yeah. I want to bring this sport rugby league to my town, Novosahana, which is where I live. I'm, I've already got a small group of people involved and um, we're trying to organize, you know, monthly training sessions because I think there's a, the area that I'm living, there's a, a big opportunity for expansion in, in the sport. There's a, a couple of small towns around here that, with yeah. people who are very interested to play, you know, we just haven't been able to to organize it yet, you know. But it's my my role at the moment. My main role is a player and CFO, but I'm I'm trying to do everything I can to make sure the sport sport grows as quickly as possible. That well, that would be a, a novice Sahana Broncos, I reckon, is probably what you'll call it, and I reckon it'll make it easier for you to to travel and and train for sure. That'll be that'll be awesome, man. So well, that, that, that's cool. what I'm looking at actually, and we've we've got another town here beside us called Moema, and we're thinking about calling them the Cowboys. And actually, Hugo, <laughs> Hugo and I, we've been in pretty close competition. Actually, he's um, <laughs> we have a good joke about it. He's he's calling the 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 team in San Lorenzo, the San Lorenzo Roosters. So um, no way. Yeah, we, uh, yeah, we we have a bit of a, a thing about that. So it, it's going to be interesting in the future. <laughs> there are there are roosters clubs popping up all over the place. Like there's a roosters in Spain. You've got the Saluzzo roosters in Italy. It's funny what a little bit of uh, success can do in the NRL. But yeah, you, there's a lot of roosters. There's a few storms around too. Manila storm, but yeah, I, I don't suppose there's a dragons over in Brazil. But maybe one day. Maybe one day. That's awesome. We'll get there. Well, man. <laughs> Um, it sounds like there is plenty going on and like, I'm, I'm really excited about like the domestic scene over there and I'm, I'm pumped to hear, cause I didn't know that there was more of a structured competition or tournament happening later this year. So that's, so when's that September, uh, August, September, November, did you say? Yeah. September, October, November. Um, Beautiful. we should be getting Beautiful. games happening throughout these months. That's fantastic, man, and that, I'm pumped to to see that. So, man, if you want to share results with us, we'll share them on our socials, and I'll share them on the show as well. So let me know as as it goes. But, man, domestic wise, I think you guys are definitely onto something, and it's definitely growing. Let's move on to topic number two, man, because last month the rugby league world was shocked by the inclusion of Brazil in the 2021 Women's World Cup. It's the first time any Latino nation has been involved in a rugby league World Cup. Mate, were you as shocked as the rest of us seem to be? I, I think we were. I think we were all shocked, but like not not in the sense <laughs> like surprised that we were able to to get in like that too. But um, I think we were just happy for the the opportunity, you know, like just to be able to. It, it's something that we've been aiming for, and you know, for the women playing over here, you know, it's it's it has been seen over here as more of a men's sport, you know, and to see the yeah. women being able to get to the World Cup, I think for. For the rest of the women over here in Brazil, it's going to be fantastic, you know, like um, to see that happening. It's, it's something that we need to kind of bring to for everyone in Brazil to see. You know, it's, I think it's something amazing, you know, fantastic that they were able to get there. It's incredible. It's certainly put Brazil on the rugby league map because a few weeks ago, probably 99.9% of rugby league fans wouldn't have even known that Brazil play. And now all of a sudden here they are. And I think in 2021, everyone's going to know that you guys play rugby league just when they see the ladies' side run out there. Um, I wonder, like, you know, there was a few nations that sort of missed out uh, on the Women's World Cup qualification and, you know, we saw some disappointment from the likes of Fiji and Italy and nations like that. But you guys got in and, and it was fair and square. And I wonder, like, what do you think? I don't know if you're privy to the proposal that was put together uh, by the team to get across there, but... What do you think made like Brazil so attractive for for the 2021 World Cup organisers? Well, look, I, I'd, I'd be giving my opinion here because, like you said, I, I'm, I'm not exactly involved to know enough about it. But um, yeah. from, from what I've seen, what's been most attractive about Brazil is the the rapid expansion, you know, of the sport in the country. Like the the amount that we've been able to grow, you know, in the sport so quickly. You know, in the last two years, the growth has been incredible. Uh, to get to to six to eight teams, you know, I said six teams, but we're we're expanding in that sense as well, and the the women's competition as well, the 
the teams yeah. that have been involved, you know, the younger players, it's it's just been so so quick and and um, rapid over here that I think that's something that's very attractive attractive for the the rest of the world in, in rugby league and all that. It's it's fantastic to see. Um, I mentioned the the you know the female team, the the women's team, the wheelchair team also got in. We're we're happy with that. Oh yeah, and yeah, yeah. It's it's um it's all been happening over here. That's amazing, man. And I think, like you say, it's going to definitely put Brazil on the map, and it's going to have a great effect on rugby league in Brazil and South America. Like you've already said it now. Like there's four women's teams over there, but now that the ladies know that there's a chance for them to to travel and represent their nation, you're probably going to see the women's, like the number of women's teams potentially take over the men's in the next couple of years just because of that. So it's quite amazing. I've seen footage of some of the some of the girls, like Kathleen Silva in particular, who plays centre for the Rio Warriors over there. She seems to yeah. pick, have picked up the sport pretty quickly. Is there any anyone else out there in the squad who you know about that we should be looking out for that could sort of make a name for themselves in 2021? Well, there's uh, Edna Santini. She played in the Olympics of 2016. She will be our halfback and will certainly be a you know someone to look out for. Kathleen Silver, as you said, you know she's um she's been a, a rising star in the in the rugby league over here. It's it's been fantastic to see her play. Um, yeah. I think uh, Maria Graf. She she'd be she's been playing as lock. You know she's incredibly strong and <laughs> to see her tackle it actually it. It kind of makes me jealous. <laughs> Just that uh, ability—it's—it's it's fantastic. Um, it's really—it's—it's it, it's funny because I mentioned to—I was speaking to Nate Gladden about this because obviously he's running the um, the women's rugby league in the USA, and because like rugby league has only become professional for women in Australia as of like twelve months ago, there's sort of less of a gap or less of a bridge. So you could find some of these ladies like. You know, if they impress in 2021, they could be, you know, professional rugby league players in the NRL if they, if they're, you know, if they're scouted. So it's really exciting times, man. And I, I wonder if the girls are are aware of that, or I'm I'm sure they are. I think they're aware of the opportunities for sure. You know, like just to be able to get into an event like the World Cup and and make it, you know, it's it's fantastic. And I think they're all very excited to to you know give the best of themselves in the, the competition and for the love of the sport. And we, we definitely have a lot of help, you know, through my dad who came over here to, to teach some courses and, yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, and, and help us out. You know, we've, we've got Matt Gardner, who was an Olympic athlete, um, ex-Super League player. So he's been fantastic oh, yeah. in, in, um, in helping us out, you know. And just the, the growth that we've seen in the country, I think it just um, – it's a, a, a very big motivator, you know, for everyone. You know, we've got the biggest, yeah. um, we've got the biggest nine aside and thirteen aside competitions in uh, Latin America. So that that for us is is something that we hold on to as a good motivator to to make it to the next level. Yeah. That's something I've heard people say before. I've read that in the last couple of months in particular, and I think Chile might have something to say about that because they might think they have the biggest sort of the biggest playing numbers in Latin America. So that's a really cool rivalry that's sort of starting to build. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later on in the show. But I'm wondering like, so 2021, how are the ladies preparing in, in the lead up? Do you, are there going to be any test matches organized or what's going on there? Well, I think um, what, what I'm a part of at the moment, what I, what I know is that they're, they're training a lot. They've been very, involved in that sense you know Matt Gardner has been helping a lot my my dad's looking at coming over here towards the end of the year to to give more support yeah. to put them through yeah. training camps and prepare them as much as as possible you know where we're definitely um we definitely have big plans for how we're going to prepare the the women's team and, and make sure that they're at the best of their ability by the time the can, 21 comes around 2021. Can they cause any upsets in your mind? I'm very hopeful for that, you know, like I think it'll be a great impact to have, you know, like a, obviously I love to see the, the sport grow as a whole, you know, like um, the other countries, the involvement, it's, it's fantastic. But I think we're very hopeful for an impact, you know, um, I can't guarantee anything, you know, but I think as other countries, so many other countries have such great experience in the sport, you know, more contact and yeah, uh, 
I, I still, I'm still am very hopeful, hopeful for a, a big impact on the, from the women's team. It's, it's going to be good to see. If they can put up a fight, it will be amazing. And I'm as excited about um, Brazil's involvement in the women's World Cup as I am about, say, like a Jamaica in the men's. Like, I just think there are still people out there, um, like rugby league fans who follow the NRL closely or follow Super League closely. But to them, like, that's pretty much all there is. And they don't realise that there's more out there. And just when they see Brazil take the field, you know, they're just going to be... Eyes are going to open, that's for sure, and um, it's going to be really cool. So, best of luck to you guys. I think think you're going to be, you know what? I'm I'm going to be following Brazil in the Women's World Cup. I know it's very un-Australian to me to say, but I've always I've never really supported Australia when it comes to <laughs> test matches. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna get behind Brazil because I really hope you guys can do it, man. And I'm not just saying that because I'm talking to you, um, but yeah, that's awesome, man. Great work no by the girls and all involved. So, guys, um, Zach, topic number three, mate. I want to talk about the future. So recently, Brazil have achieved affiliate membership status with the RLIF, and you guys have become the second Latino nation to do so after, of course, Chile, who I've, who I've mentioned before. And things seem to have really accelerated in particular over the past 12 months. And I mentioned um, in my intro tonight that when I started this podcast nine months ago, never in my wildest dreams would I think that I'd be have a guest from Brazil to talk about Brazilian rugby league. Not, not this soon, anyway. So it's absolutely amazing. So I want to talk about what the future looks like and um, what maybe more we've spoken about the Women's World Cup side. I want to know what like the map towards a Men's World Cup uh, qualification might look like. And I know last year you guys hosted the, you mentioned that you hosted the Copa Sul America last year and Brazil did very well. Chile weren't there because they were at the Americas Cup and they were the previous um, South American Cup holders. And I know that um, this year, um, the South American Cup, which was meant to be in Colombia, has been postponed. I'm not sure if you guys were actually going to be competing in that anyway. But with that up in the air and, you know, next year, do you think there'll be a possible entry in the Americas Cup? What do you think might happen in the near future for the for the national, the men's team nationally? nationally? Well, I, I think, you know, we're, we're very excited and very motivated to, to make it to the Americas Cup. You know, that's something that we want very badly um and we're very close to becoming a a full member you know um having having eight an eight team competition here in the men's and if our our past is any indicator i think we're perfectly capable of making it to the america's cup you know we we played um i think it was in 2016 or 2000 2017 sorry we we went to uh chile to to play in the first south american cup you know south america and we didn't do too well in 2017. We, we came in fourth against, yeah. um, you know, Chile, Colombia and Argentina. And to yeah. have such a big impact the following year to win the competition, you know, to come from fourth to, to win it the following year, I think is a, a very good indicator of how much we're developing over here. So I yeah, think for us was to, out of sight. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's um, a big indicator of how well we can improve in a, a short amount of time, you know, and, with everything that's been happening over here, how our competition's been growing, how the athletes have been improving, and the help we've been getting, you know, just um, yeah. to have this contact from people from Australia, you know, this this help, this great support. Yeah. Um, yeah. Getting getting my dad over here and involved and all that, it's um, it's been fantastic to help the sport to grow. How how will Brazil qualify for the America's Cup? Do you think? Like, is there? Because I, I I in a perfect world, to me, it's like you'll have the South American Cup winner goes through to the American Cup and then, you know, that acts as a qualifier for the World Cup. Like, it's a pretty natural sort of uh, qualification and progression. But without the South American Cup this year, is there a chance we'll see Brazil in the America's Cup next year or do, do you need to play off against Chile? Like, has there been any discussion about what might happen there? Oh, from what I know, I, I'm like I said, I, I don't know yeah. too much about it, but I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure there's going to be a playoff between Brazil and Chile. You know, I think... I think that's what's been left um, as a uh, something that we need to get done. Let's let's put yeah. it like that. Um, yeah, uh, I've heard I the same things this, as well. So yeah, there yeah. Might be I, some I think this there. game. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this game against Chile is going to be very big. I think you know we're all very excited and motivated about it, especially after 2017. Um, yeah. So I think we've got Chile to beat to to get into the America's Cup, and I 
as a player, you know, I'm very confident that we can get the job done to to make it to the level that we need to, you know, and especially after, you know, Jamaica's entrance, you know, that was fantastic to see. Um, yes. I, was, I was very happy about that. You know, it's, yeah, it was, it was very good to see. And we're, we're all very excited to be able to make it there to, to play against another team who's, you know, who's made it to the next level, you know, Jamaica and, uh, it should it should be very exciting, very very interesting. It's funny, like I do say, like I think Jamaica, USA, and Canada they're going to lift each other, um, and if Brazil can be a part of that, and Chile, like it just will be absolutely amazing. I think the rivalry between yourselves and Chile is important, and I mentioned a little bit earlier that um, there's probably about 500 or so registered players in both of those nations, and it's and you guys can argue about you know, who has more registered players and all that sort of thing. But I just think it's like good, good theatre. Like I'm just loving watching this little rivalry happen. And I think it's going to be a good rivalry for the years to come. Do you think it's important to have like such a close neighbour and all the, all the South Americans that I know that I speak to, they talk about how they love beating Chile in any sport. Like it's just such an incredible rivalry to have. Do you think it's important? Oh, for, for sure. You know, for the growth of the sport. And that's what we're all after in the end, you know, like what I want to see, which is why, like, <clears throat> I, I have no problem in, in helping out Brazil in the sense that it's good for the sport as a whole. You know, like Australia, they, they've had a fantastic impact, you know, since the beginning, you know, they've, they've yeah. always been very heavily involved. And for here in South America to have teams so with with such a big rivalry, you know, like Argentina, there's always been this Argentina, this Argentinian Brazilian rivalry in, yeah. in soccer over here yeah. so that's a big thing and I think the hope for the future is that we get more South American countries involved you know it'd be good to see uh, Colombia grow and and um, Uruguay Paraguay get get some more countries involved to make the sport and the competition bigger you know more competitive I think that's what everyone's well I'm hoping that's what everyone's after you know even places like Peru man there's just there's just a lot happening and I think Latina Heat and Rob Bergen have a lot to be thanked uh, for all of that the it, it's been an incredible rise for South America and in particular Brazil. Like, I think I can safely say from the discussion here tonight, like I've never seen a nation grow as rapidly as Brazil so far anyway, in such a short period of time. Like I know there's a long way to go and I know it's early days, but to see this sort of growth and, and excitement over there, like it's pretty exciting, man. So uh, that, that leads me to like, I guess my final question for the night and I want to. I want you to look into your crystal ball. So, it's twenty. It's twenty twenty nine. We've seen a couple of World Cups. What does rugby league look like in Brazil, in your mind? That is a big question. <laughs> <laughs> look, uh, I. I think obviously what we're aiming for is you know to to eventually get to an NRL level. I don't know if we're going to be there by at that stage, you know. But I think. Like I said, if, if our work so far is any indicator for the future, I think in that amount of time, I think we're already going to have a very big competition over here. I think there's yeah. going to be a lot of uh, a lot more teams involved, you know, in, in South America. You know, the, the rivalry, as we were, with, we were mentioning, I think it's going to be a lot greater here in South America. I think yeah. Brazil has everything they need to, to make it in the men's and the women's to the World Cup, you know, to maintain that. Um, I think we're doing the work that we need to do. We we do have a lot of organising and a lot of things that we need to get done. But I I do see us as being very competitive and very heavily involved in the sport by then. Man, it's really exciting. And all I ask is that um, you keep in touch, man, and let me know how it goes in between from now till then because I want to learn about how it gets to that point because I have no doubt that you guys can get there. Um, it's just really exciting stuff, man. And I congratulate yourself, Hugo, and all the whole, everyone over there that's that's in any role whatsoever. Um, we haven't spoken much about your CFO role and um, what you do over there, what what the financials look like over there. But is there any way, you know, if, you never know who's listening. So, like, if there's anyone uh, who has a business over here or uh, or Brazilian heritage or something like that that wants to get involved and help out, um, who can they contact? What can they do? Um, now's the time for a bit of a plug, man, if, you, if you're interested. Oh, for sure. You know, like, um, obviously, I, I, can't, uh, I can't leave this without thanking Robert Bergen. You know, his, his work with Brazilian, you know, the, the confederation over here and yeah. 
his work in Australia, you know, to make the, the sport grow and all that. If, if anyone would, would like to help, would be able to help, um, please contact him because I think he's the, the right person, you know, to, to be able to make the sport grow. Like we're, it's something that we really want to happen over here. So, and a big thanks to him for all, all his work. Beautiful. I think, um, he's one of the immortals of international rugby league, Rob, when it comes to administration and things like that, because this just what he's doing in what he's done with Latina heat and what he continues to do. And I know he's involved um, with the women's side as they go into the world cup now for Brazil. So um, he's done some incredible things and we'll be sure to, I'm sure he'll share this episode as well on his social media channels. So if anyone wants to get in touch, they can, is there, um, where should they be following Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, is there any any pages or websites that people can go to to find out more? Well, we're very, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we're, we're very um, active on Facebook and on Instagram. The yep. Conf- uh, Confederação Brasileira de Rugby League. It's <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> I'm, still I'm not even going to try and do Brazilian. that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think if they search for Confederation or Brazilian Rugby League, they'll they'll come up with it. I haven't actually tried to search for it in English. But um, I'll put the, I'll put the links up in the show notes as well, so they can get there. And yeah, how is your how's your Portuguese, man? Are you, have you you been there for ten years? I'm assuming you're you're okay. Yeah, well, I'm, I do quite well. There's always stuff that we need to improve <laughs> on. <laughs> you know, it's um, <laughs> I'm I'm quite good at maintaining a, convers- a conversation. So um, but yeah, we can always improve. So <laughs> that's the that's the other thing that would have been difficult over there, like translating the rules into Portuguese, because it's never really been done before. So I know all the other sort of South American nations, they all speak, they all speak Spanish or, or variants of it. So it's kind of probably been a bit easier for them. But um, yeah, really good work to, to everyone over there. Sorry, I sidetracked a little bit, but mate, no, um, no worries. <laughs> final question. I've got a random question, really random. Go for do it. You have any, do you have any kids yet? My son, uh, Leonardo, he's going to be five in October and he loves rugby league so much. It's actually scary. <laughs> well, Br- Brazilian-born Leonardo Grundy, look out because um, he'll be he'll be captaining Brazil, the men's side, to their first World Cup in 2037. That's my prediction right now. So, yeah, that's really cool, man. Good luck. That <laughs> that's <excellent>. awesome. <laughs> and you'll be it. the and you'll be the coach. You'll be the coach, mate. Um, oh, wow. Zach Grundy, man. <laughs> Thank you so much for um for joining me tonight. Um, everything you guys are doing, like like I said, absolutely pumped um, to hear about it all. And I know our listeners are too. So um, thanks for your time. And like I said, keep in touch. Oh, thank you, Michael. Seriously, thank you for the opportunity to be able to uh, talk to you about sport over here, the, the rugby league. It's It's been great. Thanks.